HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Nourish and Flourish, a handcrafted, independent publication taking readers on a journey from the soil to the stars. Subscribe today at nourishandflourish.site. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported podcast network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. This year, we're celebrating 10 years of food radio. For the past decade, we've been taking you behind the scenes of farms, restaurants, breweries, school cafeterias, and more. It's been 10 years, and we're just getting started. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Southern Teague, reporting to you live from the future, from Studio 3A here in uh, Greenpoint, Brooklyn. I've got my good friend Travis Tilbert in the studio with me. Hey, Travis, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm great. It's hot and humid out there today. Man, it is Texas hot, I would say. Texas hot. Texas hot, for sure. Yeah? Yeah, it's uh, nice and humid, and, you know, it's always a little bit hotter in New York when it's the same temperature (laughs) as it is in Texas. Right, well, we got that extra layer of city crud that gets all over us everywhere we go. Um, Travis, uh, I've known you for a couple of years. I've seen your face and your name around for even longer than that, um, but my audience may not know who you are. So let's start with, like, give me some info on how you got into our you know, business of choice, and then we'll go from there. I mean, the business of choice being, you know, bars and bar, bar business and bartending, um, I've been doing for, I think now, 23 years. I mean, it's basically the only thing I know. Codger. Like, yeah, old time. I, like, like uh, me and Michael Parrish like to say, uh, bartending in the 90s. I think he hit, I think he hit 89. I think we were talking about it, though. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, it's really the only thing I've ever, ever known. Started in Buffalo, New York, uh, got sick of the cold, moved to Florida, got sick of Florida. Well, yeah, me too. We're in Florida. Was, uh, West Palm Beach. Beach. You know, I'm from Florida. Oh, really? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, no, West Palm Beach. Uh, weird, weird city, weird town. Uh, but no, I got kind of burnt out there and, and, and decided to move to Las Vegas because when you grow up in Buffalo, uh, you're obsessed with two two cities or, or you know two states: Las Vegas, Nevada as a state, and uh, Florida, South Florida, like because you grew up in Buffalo. It's freezing. It's cold. It's a depressed economy. You want to get the hell out. So you're just looking for any place warm. 
Yeah, and you know, like, you know, could bartend travels well? You know what I mean? This is before, you know, this is, you know, early 2001 and, you know, late 90s before, you know, the craft of bartending really got going. And it was more about personality and speed and, you know, jokes and having fun and stuff like that, which it is now. It's actually kind of coming around, I think, a little bit more to that, you know, as far as, you know, not, not totally, completely serious cocktails, um, which is fun. And then, you know, moved out to Vegas, you know, to follow that dream. You know, let's say if you're, an, if you're an actor, you go to L.A., right? If you're a bartender, you go to Vegas. You know, because you can get that, that, you know, that golden ticket, that, that uh, uh, bartender union job, you know, making $18, $19 an hour, benefits, you know, making, you know, six figures. You know, like, I, you know, like I said, I barely graduated high school. You know, I got, you know, a little bit of credits in college. So it was, you know, the blue-collar way to make some money. Six figures as a young man at that time. Right. I mean, that's a you're, that's you're, huge. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's huge. That that, that high that high uh, hourly rate because it was union. Plus, you still got tips on top of that. Oh yeah, I mean, when everybody, I mean, I, and I lived in Vegas when it was the boom time. Like it was everybody was like I say everybody was using their house as a as an ATM. Uh, and I actually left. You know, I, I started out at the Hard Rock Cafe out there, and I was working there. And just, you know, I, I came from you know, I was a corporate trainer for TGI Fridays. That's my that's my favorite part about you oh man I, I you know what's my favorite part about me <laughs> like honestly i really loved growing up in that system and and you know i remember before like in buffalo i worked at clubs and bars and then you know i got kind of quote-unquote recruited to go work at fridays and i was walked in as the hot shot you know young you know 21 22 year old bartender and then i actually learned like i didn't know how to bartend like I didn't have a bar back doing everything for me. I didn't, you know, I had to, you know, as, as you, I never had to make simple syrup before. You know, it's just kind of, sounds, sounds kind of funny to say right now, but like, we didn't have that. You know, there was, you know, the, the TGI Fridays thing was like, there's like 120 recipes you had to learn for, you know, before you got, you did 16 training shifts back in the day. You know, always the back in the day, uh, you did 16 to 18 training shifts before you were certified like TGI Fridays bartender, uh, which is pretty crazy. I mean, obviously it doesn't do that anymore. It's gone the way of, you know, making making more money. You know, when, once you expand to thousands and thousands of stores that they have, you know, it's kind of hard to keep up that training program. But I mean, that's what made it special, right? That was a, oh, like a, rigor, a rigorous program, and if you passed through that program, it was it was it was something. It was a point of pride. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like I mean, the weirdest questions. Like they were like, "What kind of wood was the muddlers that we use made from?" Like that was a question on a TGI Fridays test. Like that's pretty crazy to me. You know, thinking about you know now, and uh, you know how that is. Um, you know, it's definitely obviously different. But you you kind of see you know, it was like this this time in like the early 2000s like if you worked at Fridays you could work anywhere right, right. and then because of the training program they knew it was great you know they were ready to go and then you know obviously that disappeared um, you know and, and then you know I think like a lot of bars and restaurants and chains obviously didn't adapt to the times you know like they were coming you know I, I kind of recognized that in you know 2006 you know I was like well I'm gonna get on this train or uh, you know no, nobody wants you know nobody wants to hire you know chubby 35 year old bartender uh, you know what I mean? So you gotta, <laughs> you gotta kind of make it your your own. Yeah. And uh, you know, kind of create your own environment. So you know, moving out to Las Vegas, you know, like I said, again, get back to you know, people were using the houses ATMs. So it was, I was working at a gaming bar. You know what I mean? Just right. like Kavanaugh's yeah. and just slinging drinks and and making you know, four or five hundred dollars a shift. It was crazy. Yeah. And then I wanted out. I wanted out of Vegas. You know, I needed to get out. So I was at you know the land of promise, Austin, Texas. Yeah, what made you jump to Austin, Texas? You know, Vegas? so it was kind of like a weird time in my life. I actually, uh, uh, 
got married for like a year and I moved back to Florida. Um, and and when I got back to Florida, you know, I was kind of always even with like Fridays and, and you know working at you know Hard Rock. I always just, you know I always like studied drinks and, and you know I really took bartending seriously. Um, and I got an opportunity to open up Bruce Chris Steakhouse in, in, in West Palm Beach. Uh, you know, grand like ten million dollar build out, and uh, there was a, a gentleman there who's the beverage director called Philip Ramundo, who I knew from my Fridays days, from you know I think probably seven eight years earlier. And you know we kind of we kind of connected. He's like, hey, I got this really great project. I'd love you to be like a, a trainer for his Chris Steak. I was like, what are you doing? He's you know fresh juice every day, classic cocktails only. We're gonna do it in 123 stores. I need you to kind of travel around and you know help open up stores or retrain stores. They call them retrains. Um, and you have to, you know, go see a bartender that's been at Rooster Steakhouse for 15 years and tell them, you know, you're not using that sour mix anymore. You need to make a lemon sour, fresh lemon sour every day and, you know, fight that fight. You know what I mean? Right. And the quality, which, you know, 2006, it was, it was like one of the first major chains, I think, that went fresh juice, fresh everything, you know, classic cocktails, really cool steakhouse um, um, vibe. And, and, and you know, kind of like, you know, I think, you know, you've been doing it for a long time too. I think like every, five or six years you get kind of you go down a little bit and you're just kind of like eh, yep. you know and then this like kind of reinvigorated me and I was like oh this is great somebody actually cares about as much as I do you know because I remember you know I was like the one kid that was fresh squeezing lime in the Cosmopolitans at, you know at, at, a, at, a, at a casino bar you know so it's midday right yeah. uh, it's still stunning huh? but um, yeah then I you know I decided you know to get you know from Moose Chris I moved back Again, burnt out, didn't want to do, didn't want to run anything. I was just running, I was bartending in a crappy casino, making great money, you know, working four, four shifts a week. But probably seeing that it had no future. Yeah, 100% knew it. it didn't have any furniture. I was just burnt out, and I just needed to, like, step back, and that's, you know, you know. then I started self-studying again, like, okay, it's time, I, I want to get out of here, what's my exit about? You know, again, being, you know, limited education and, you know, limited means for my family, you know, I was like, well, I want to get to Austin, Texas, I think this cocktail thing's got legs. You know what I mean? It's 2005 right now. Um, you, you know, or yeah, was, uh, I'm sorry, 2008, 2009. I mean, this cocktail thing's going somewhere. It's not going. It's not going away. It's not a fad. You know, you can find. I feel like it's 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 all it all circles back to education, right? You can't mm -hmm. unring that bell. Once you teach the public that there's something better and it can be made and it can be done in a cost-effective way, they're never going to go back. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's here to stay. Yeah, for sure, it's here to stay. And I think it all comes down to hospitality, actually, which is great. Which I think we're getting back to. You know, I mean, you, you know, I took you know my girlfriend around last night in New York and just like, you know, watching you bartend and being you know how who you are and going to see Nacho and seeing how he is and you know Masa and like all these guys and gals that are just doing like this great hospitality and just like being super nice and getting back to that, you know. The, you know the art of you know the you know I, I like to say like that person you know you know doesn't bartend they tend bar you yeah. know there's there's a big difference between bartending and tending bar and I, and, and I like to think that you know in the vein of it I tend you know I, I tell my staff all the time I'm you guys are all better bartenders than me, but I'll tend the hell out of this bar yeah. and high fives and handshakes all the way through and, and you know get people to show up. Yeah. Know, that's what it comes down to. But yeah, man, just trying to get to Austin, Texas. So started working at RM Seafood uh, in, in Las Vegas. It was like kind of like the precursor of the cocktail bar. And there was, you know, basically right around the same time Herbs and Rye opened up. Uh, I think Herbs was maybe like three, four, four or five months after that program that that started uh, with a guy, with a gentleman out there, J.R. Starkus. Uh, I think he works for Southern Glacier still as like their head, you know, cocktail guy and stuff like that. But, you know, learned a lot there. And like I said, I was 
I think I'm pretty. I definitely was on day one. I must have been the first five guests inside Herbs and Rye. Just kind of, kind of blew my mind a little bit and just kind of opened it up, and, you know. But I decided to get that, you know, get that resume padded and go to, you know, Austin, Texas, where it was just starting to take off. You know, I mean, I was that dork that Googled, you know, best bartenders in Austin, Texas, and you know, a few people, you know, popped in and popped up. Um, you know, so I, I went to Austin, Texas on vacation and landed. And, you know, had great food and great drinks everywhere. I was like, this is it. This is where I want to be. Did you have any connections there? Or did you just pack Nothing. up and go? Packed up and went. Honestly, packed up my dog. Uh, did you do some research? Like, what made Austin shine? You know, it, it, it was kind of, this is like, I got there maybe two years before the big boom in Austin. It was just, you know, great weather. I, I just don't do cold anymore. I can't do it. I love New York. New York's my second, New York City's my second favorite city ever. Um, I just can't do cold, but it just seemed, you know, when, when I was actually moving from Florida to Las Vegas, I went through the middle of Texas, and for some reason, I like, fell in love with it. You know, mm-hmm. the people were really awesome, really, really nice. I went on vacation one time in Austin, actually bought a house in 2006 and ended up not moving, um, you know, and, uh, you know, backed out on that deal. But, you know, just something about Austin, you know, it's, you know, if you ever get there, you just it, you get drawn in, you know, and you get sucked in, and you, and you and you just nice people, great weather, good food, you know, laid back, you know, dogs everywhere, you know, there's dogs in bars, whatever, you know, it's just kind of like a really really good quality of life, you know, and, and like, you know, larger town, small town mentality. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's just it's super friendly. You know, it's it's fantastic, and it's you know, it's it, it, at that time it was really really reasonable to live. You know what I mean? It was super inexpensive, and you know, getting there, and and, and honestly, like I I went with the mentality to open a bar with wanting to help grow that community you know like I, I landed you know i think I, I think the next day i was at like a usbg meeting and i met you know uh uh daniel barnes from treaty oak uh distilling and you know i met him and the guy was like you know he's like five years older than me but he owned a distillery i'm like this is nuts like this can happen you know this right. is you know I'm, I'm not used to that i'm used to you know like vegas you know it was always just nameless corporations that own you know bars and like nectalis one of the first ones to do like a really like mom and pop cocktail joint and you know moving to you know austin seeing that a guy five years older than me owns a distillery just kind of blew my mind you know i met adam harris was like one of the first person i met he's like the national makers guy now and you know slowly becoming more kentuckian uh, <laughs> morphing right. from uh from uh houston texan to uh to uh, kentuckian and and it was just a really good vibe like i just like I, I didn't know anybody there i walked in i was like hey i'm the new guy you know in town what do i do and like you need to go to san antonio cocktail conference and i'm like what the hell is that like just go I literally bought a ticket, didn't know anybody, went on down and had a blast. It was the first year of it. Right. And I had a laugh, laugh with the uh, creators of it. They're, every year they're like, you were the f- only one to buy an all-access pass that year. <laughs> and I bought it like the day before. And it was just like, you know, if I'm going to do it, I'm going I'm to go all in, you know, right. and, and really try to, you know, um, I say about Austin, you know, a lot is that, you know, if you love Austin, you know, you love Texas and, and, you, and you love that city, I'll take care of you. It'll, it'll really embrace you. But, you know, don't ever be that guy, like, well, back in Chicago or back in L.A. or back, you know, we hate that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we just, we want you to be, we want you to bring your own, but we want you to also adapt to how, you know, I guess Austin is. And I've done it. And I love it. Yeah, you're crushing it down there. Yeah. Uh, well, that seems like a great place for a pause. Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. We're going to come back and keep talking to Travis Tobe about what's going on currently and what's in the future in Austin and elsewhere in Texas. Stay tuned.
This episode is brought to you by Nourish and Flourish, a handcrafted, independent publication taking readers on a journey from the soil to the stars. Nourish and Flourish showcases thought-provoking stories from around the world and stunning photography. Each issue explores emerging trends in food, nutrition, recipes, soil health, technology, regenerative agriculture, travel, and more. Volume 1 of Nourish and Flourish includes features on the Svalbard Global Seed Bank, the International Symposium on Bread, and Ancient Hawaiian Aquaculture. Are you interested in eating healthier and learning more about where your food comes from and living a more connected life? Subscribe today at nourishandflourish.site. For $29.99, you'll receive three issues. That's 38% off the retail price. Nourish and Flourish, connecting readers with the people and stories that make a difference in living a more balanced, healthier life. Subscribe today or find a retailer near you at nourishandflourish.site. Are you enjoying this podcast? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. My name is Katie Kiefer, and I'm the host of What Doesn't Kill You here on HRN. Every week, I sit down with journalists, authors, scientists, or activists to identify and explain some of the key issues in our food system. I've done shows on food waste, labor issues, meat production, water, you name it, I cover it. You can find What Doesn't Kill You wherever you listen to podcasts and on heritageradionetwork.org. And we're back on the speakeasy. I'm sitting in the studio 3A, the new studio 3A. That's the new studio. I like it. Um, studio 3A is our mobile studio. Uh, reporting to you live from the future, I've got Travis Tober hanging out with me. We're talking about uh, how he got from Buffalo, New York, to Austin, Texas, which is where you are now. Um, and in the beginning of the show, you mentioned you know uh, your travels down to Florida and Vegas, and you got up to to where you are currently. Uh, move on from there, but you, you omitted one small thing. You are my favorite. Flair bartender. <laughs> in fact, I think you're the only Flair bartender who's ever Flair bartended in one of my bars. It was awesome night. It was great. We rewatched the video last night. It was I can't believe I didn't prop anything. I mean, I unapologetically love Flair. Uh, I, I was a Flair bartender, 100. I feel like you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of like a lot practical Flair, or did you like? I did practical Flair. I, I I did like they they have like Flair rankings. I guess like it's one, two, or three three level in, oh, in wow. Vegas, and I, I actually yeah I actually got I leveled out. I think at level two. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, again, you, you had to go with the trends and you needed to set yourself from the parts. So I actually worked in, you know, when I was at, you know, when I was in TGI Fridays in, in, in Florida, it was flare competitions. I did one, you know, I, I went back for a, a small time and uh, uh, after, um, after Ruth's Chris, I went back to TGI Fridays in, in Vegas because they, they like, kind of like, we want all the flare back. And, it was fun. You know, I'm, it's, you know what? Bartending is all about having fun. That's what that is. It kind of kind of collapsed on itself because it kind of came too circusy. And I think it's come back to as more practical, you know, which is, I guess, kind of what, you know, cocktails did for a minute, you know, yeah. with the 20 minute cocktails, you know, and that kind of thing. For sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's the same thing. I wish but the studio, I wish the audience could see my face. Yeah, I, for sure. I'm totally <laughs> in agreement with you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we we get we get so serious and we take it so good that we exclude other people, and and bars are not you should not exclude anybody ever. It, it's the, it's that cool kid atmosphere, that thing like we're not doing this for us, we're doing it for the people that walk through the door. Yeah, talking about hugs and high fives. Uh, oh, uh, high fives and handshakes. Oh, sorry, hand, yeah, handshakes. high fives and handshakes, man. That's that's our motto. That's our motto at Nickel City. Like everybody walk, you walk into my bar or our bar, you know, you know. 
my main thing is the coolest thing that you can ever happen to you when you walk into a bar is a a bartender sees you gives you that wave and then already has a beer or a shot or a drink whatever already has that you don't even have to answer that's, that's like the, again like a friday's thing a corner bar theory um you know and, and i like to say come into my bar i tell everybody like you there's this whole transaction when you when you come into a bar and you've never been there hey how's it going can i get you da, da, da. here's the menu you got everybody's got their own song and dance at the end of the at, at the end of that conversation they give you a card you know their name so we just come on back and like you know hey karen how's it going you know my, i'm travis this is amanda you know introduce this is southern right here he's in, he's visiting from new york he's my buddy over there real great you've ever been in new york you know just get that conversation started yeah and that's less work that we have to do you know if you're introducing people and stuff like that but you know i, I like to say you come into my bar you're gonna get a high five or a handshake one of the two uh you know whether when you first get there you get a high five when you leave you get a handshake you know thanks for coming in i think that's amazing yeah, I mean, um, I haven't had, haven't had the opportunity to visit Nickel City yet, but it's on my it's high on my list of places to go. We would love to have you. Uh, well, we talked last night. We might yeah. figure out how to get me. To we're we're going to figure it out. We're, we got we got a lot of people working on it right now. Oh, yeah. Top men. Uh, yeah. Top men. Are, <laughs> top men are hard at work. <laughs> yeah, you know, top people are at work. You know, it's a small fee, ten percent free. I'll take okay, your manager, your Texas manager, uh, Southwest right. manager. That seems fair for a state that size. Um, well, talk to me more about what Nickel City's all about. How long has it been around? How did you concept this thing, and, and, and where's it at? I mean, okay, so we, we opened up basically in the middle of Tales, you know, uh, previous uh, two years ago. So July July 20th, 2017 is when we opened up, mm-hmm. um, and we're getting ready to celebrate our second two-year anniversary. Was that a strategic move to open during Tales? God, no. I wanted to open up two months beforehand. Right. <laughs> I mean, obviously with, you know, uh, warrants, uh, permits, and stuff like that. And, you know, Austin, Texas, as amazing as it is, it's very hard to build something and I'm sure it is in New York. Um, you know, I wanted to open up two months early. It just came down to it, you know, and it was, we actually got delayed for two weeks. It was me and my partners literally sitting in a full bar, a built-out bar, music's ready. You know, we couldn't even stock booze. We were sitting there playing pinball for two weeks, waiting on a signature from the fire department. And just like TikTok, we're losing money, you know, and in small business owners, you know, it, 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 it's stressful. Uh, hired a staff that's like, okay, let's be patient, guys. All right, let's have a pizza party. I don't want to lose anybody. Or, you know, let's come in, let's practice drinks. You know, there's only so much you can do, right? Right. Um, just sitting around waiting for a signature. It finally happened, and it was right at Tales. I canceled, literally, I had to cancel my flight. You know, it was opened up. Like, let's go, let's do it, let's go for it. And, and we did it. You know, thankfully, been rocking ever since. Yeah, you know, great set of priorities. Talk to me about what Nickel City is. I mean, obviously, I mean, it, it's a bar. What, what do you got? You get music menu there as well, right? Um, we, 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 you know, like we, we kind of. We kind of came up with this thing that you know, the anytime, any person bar. You know, it's 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 a neighborhood bar. You know, we we strategically do not use the word you know cocktails anywhere in the menu, anywhere in the place. Even in the front, there's two neon say cold beer, mixed drinks. You know, because that's what it all comes down to. Um, I you know I, I kind of got this you know, I don't know like a vision I guess you, know, you kind of want to be ahead of it and with my brand work like you mentioned you know uh, I, I was lucky enough to like travel to like 600 different bars and see trends in live time and, and I was like you know this neighborhood bar thing is going to come back kind of like the old man bar um, you know I grew up in Buffalo so it was just kind of like a rust belt chic I guess is what we called it um, you know so you 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 know it's 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 basically the bar my grandpa hung out at in Buffalo. And it's funny, I got people from Chicago or Buffalo, my buddies that I know, they come in, like, 
huh, I don't get it. Like, this is every crappy bar we've ever hung out at. I'm like, that's it. That's yeah. the whole point. You do get it. Yeah, it's it's every crappy bar, but, like, you know, my bartenders are super well-trained as far, not just in cocktails, but, like, you know, hospitality and just, you know, high-fives, handshakes, and, and you know, you can order a last word, and, and nobody's going to, oh, yeah, great, but, you know, what kind of gin you want? This is how we do it, you know. There's, you know, we, 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 we have 50 classic cocktails and we constantly add on to onto the list of, you know, people coming in and wanting weird stuff or ordering stuff. And it's a place that you can have a shot in beer for five bucks, you know, or you can order some super rare whiskey, you know. Uh, we really want to be everything for anybody. Like, in a group of people that go out, there's two cocktail people, a couple beer people, a wine person, you know, somebody doesn't even drink. We want to be everything for every, everybody. We want to be the beginning and the end of your night and yeah. a lot of times that happens which is cool yeah, yeah. you'll keep everything inexpensive uh and nickel city's you say it's a neighborhood bar so i haven't been to austin in jesus maybe 20 years actually. oh jeez um, you won't recognize it yeah but uh um so i don't know the layout very well but uh, so are you in the middle of it or are you you know well this is edge? so i mean again good fortune of you know we, we took over this bar that uh was called the uh, long branch Inn historic bar in in austin texas kind of uh uh it's been a bar in that site since 1935 um and it was you know it was the east uh um the they called the rosewood neighborhood so it's east austin um we have the good fortune of having great neighbors. We're like three, we're like a five minute walk away from Franklin Barbecue where everybody stands in line for eight, nine hours. You know, Aaron himself comes in after working or his whole staff comes in. We, we, we give him free shift beers every day because, you know, we're right down the street from those guys. So we're in this kind of like funky, it's East 11th Street, Rosewood neighborhood that's got like funky little shops. We're the only bar that is grandfathered in to be open at two in the morning, which is amazing for us. But we're also kind of a destination, you know. We have there's like three restaurants on there, no real bars, you know. Uh, we're really close to the East Six District, which is like Bar Central. Right. Um, but you know, it's kind of like a funky little. And I was really nervous about going into it too. I was like, man, like there's no other bars around here. But that's you know, the strength is being in a bar district because in Austin you have so many bar districts and it's just like bar hop, bar hop, bar hop. And like you know, you know, opening a bar or restaurant, you know, you have that fear. What if I throw a party and nobody comes? Like, <laughs> I live here every day, <laughs> and you know, multiple, that, multiple times. <laughs> exactly, because of multiple locations. Yes, and that's what it is. It's just like, what if nobody comes because we're too far out? We're too this, and, and, and you know, honestly, it's it's been amazing. People literally make us a destination. It's the bartender, the chef, hang out, the tourist trap, the the artist hang out. You know, like you know. I've gotten texts three times that, you know, Lucas Nelson, Willie Nelson's son has been in there, and I'm just like, damn it, why am I not there? But, you know, it's that kind of cool place. You know, Austin's kind of like, you know, it's that bar that you can go to, and, and you get sucked in, and you get treated like family, but, you know, nobody's going to give a shit who you are. Right. So that's always kind of cool. That's it's great. Fun. Everybody knows my name, but nobody cares about it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a great bar right and there. And we got this one regular, too. This is actually kind of a funny story. Um, who looks... He's not a regular, he's like once in a while, but I'm telling you, is the spitting image of Jeffrey Morgenthaler. So I get my young bartenders always thinking that this guy's Jeffrey Morgenthaler. And I'm like, oh, dude. He's like, oh, man. All right, cool. I'll take, you know, he takes care of him. And this guy always pays cash, but they literally believe that this is Jeffrey Morgenthaler. And they've seen him twice, and they always go, Morgenthaler was in. I was just like, you idiots. <laughs> but, you know, that's that's me playing little, little, little jokes on the, the younger bartenders. But it's also just, you know, making note of the fact that you're never going to. You know, call someone out or bother them. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I'm in, in New York City, of course, an embarrassment of riches in every regard, and 
even my tiny little bar, Morty Margot sees its share of celebrities, and you know we uh, we 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 have to protect them. Yeah. You know when they come in in my tiny little space and it's full of people, and I see you know, David Schwimmer lives on my block, so oh, he's, in, cool. he's in quite a bit. So we'll kind of like make sure that no one approaches him, make sure that no one's asking for him. He just wants to come in and have a fucking Manhattan like yeah. everybody else. Exactly. Yeah, give him a break, would you? Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I mean, I, I truly believe in that, you know. Me too. It's just, you know, just everybody's people. It's the same thing like Austin, because we're just such a hot spot for celebrities and people living there, and, you know, it's it's it's, it's a really cool vibe, you know, and, and, and Austin's a cool city, you know. Let's talk about business a little bit. You mentioned that you are grandfathered in to be one of the only places that can be open until 2. What time do bars close in Austin? Well, we, they, they close at 2, but on our street, oh, specifically street. our street, like we're grandfathered in until 2 a.m. So, yeah, I mean, and, and I, I'll tell I'm a hard believer. If it ever comes up for, it's been mentioned a couple times, bars open at 4 a.m., I, even as a business owner, but no, not a good idea. Yeah, it's a little bit of blood money at that point, right? Like, uh, the money that you're taking in is, is a difficult crowd. It's, uh, you know, things aren't... Uh, Things aren't as smooth from two to four as they are from say, you know, midnight to two. Yeah, it's. I mean, I lived in Buffalo where I was going to four and four a.m. and like, like, you know, Chris Rock said, nothing good happens past midnight. It, he's true. It's true. Yeah. And nothing really goes good. Well, I mean, I was out to like one thirty last night, and that was that was late for me these days. But you know. Well, thanks for visiting my boy. Well, man, it was great as always. Yeah. Such a good time. Okay. Um, and let's dig in a little bit more to business. So. Nick City, you opened just over two years ago, and you're thriving. You're about to open the second location. Yeah, yeah, you know, which is amazing. You know, Mori Margo's eight and a half, oh, seven and a half years old before we even thought of doing anything. And then, of course, in the last three years, we've done. Or in the last in the last year, we've done three new places. Or I have, but I wasn't in a financial place to do. So, how, talk about that. Like, how 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 do you garner that sort of financial success that quickly? I mean, you know, to be like perfectly honest, you know, we 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 run a tight budget we run a tight chip as far as you know you know finances and everything goes we you know we we were really fortunate enough to um get our get our investors their money back very quickly um and at that point in time you know it's just you know being a systems person you know a, you know like a lot of a lot of my bar staff were you know every day we're working towards better systems and and you know where i can travel and not have to be there and and, and you know you know kind of like you know Nickel City was never going to be a one-off, I don't think. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want to do other things. It's getting harder and harder to do business in Austin. And I think there, you know, it isn't that big of a town where you could have two Nickel Cities. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So um, we started looking outwards and, and, and um, you know, we wanted to stay in Texas because it's a little bit easier, you know, to travel in between. And, and you know, we love Texas. It's been great to us so far. Um, so we found, uh, we found a, an awesome old school art deco building in um in fort worth um right near downtown fort worth in this this up and coming area uh called just south of maine um and it's kind of like this it's old you know the same old story you know that old warehouse district that you know all the industry is gone and then like let's redo this area um you know we we took a couple tours of some some buildings in that area and it just didn't have the heart and soul and i remember looking corner across and like kitty corner i was like what is that building? like the old flag store and i'm like yeah it's an amazing building right well we'll call on it and they called on it and the guy met us out and he's like yeah you know we're we're, we're renting a down level the upstairs level is going to be you know uh, a professional office and downstairs we're looking for a bar restaurant and Luckily enough, that person, the real estate agent, knew of our bar and has gone a lot of times. And he's like, wow, really? This is awesome that you guys want to come here. And, you know, Fort Worth, Fort Worth, I've just like, been, you know, probably now a dozen times. It's just 
an amazing city. Just like amazing people, super nice. Um, you know, it is. You know, if it was its own city, I think it's it's like the fifteenth largest city in the United States. I mean, we, you know, DFW itself is, I think, the fourth largest metroplex. Um, so, you know, this is you know, you got forty five minutes roughly between Fort Worth and, and Dallas, but they basically lump it in together sure. uh, as D- DFW, uh, Dallas Fort Worth. Uh, but Fort Worth is its whole other thing. Like it is almost the polar opposite of you know, of, of of Dallas. Um, you know, it's not as flashy, uh, which I love, and it's just like, like I said, it, it's got this scene that's. It, it's not even fair to say it's up and coming because it's already there, um, but it's it's just got cool young professionals, high medical, um, uh, medical fields all over there. Uh, you know, uh, American Airlines home base is there. There's a lot of corporate, a lot of corporate like home bases, and and it's just really thriving. And I think we're getting in at the right time. Um, you know, and and again, you know, as a business owner. You want the highest return in your dollar, right? Of course. <laughs> so we're getting you know twice the size Nickel City for probably going to end up being like three thousand dollars less a month in rent. So trying to set yourself up for success because we're maxed out at Nickel City. Like you know we're doing our business. I it's hard for us to get any more money out of that place just pure capacity. We're at capacity every over capacity every weekend. Um, you know so we just want to we want to build it for growth you know and, and it's going to be a slower slower build I feel um, but yeah man we, we we're looking forward to joining the, the Fort Worth community and, and that really tight knit bartender group out there do, uh, you said you said bar restaurant is what they were looking for you're a bar you're not do you serve food so, so we do we actually we, we did this kind of cool thing that is kind of hitting on in, in Austin right now we, we, we bought a food truck and we hardwired it into the bar so it sits outside of the bar itself, but we have separate branding on it. Like you wouldn't know. I mean, you really don't know it's ours. Mm-hmm. Um, and we hardwired it in there so the bartenders can do food orders just like that. Here's a number; it gets ran out to you. Uh, you know, and like I'm talking, we we do good bar food. You know, my my partner's from uh, Detroit, so it's uh, Detroit style sliders and coney dogs. Yeah. And, it, and I'm from Buffalo, so I had to put wings in there. So it's, I mean, it's bar food. You know what I mean? It's it's real simple. We do some specialty sandwiches now, getting a little bit crazy, but you know. Uh, we're gonna do the same thing there. We got you know same size, same setup, food truck outside, hardwired in. Uh, you know, if you serve food, you're just gonna be able to sell more booze. You know, of course. honestly. Yeah. And it's you know it's it's been a good. I mean, we you know are you you especially you being from New York, you would laugh at some of the prices. I mean, for really for like we call it a slider, but it's like a little mini you know cheeseburger. It's like it's like three dollars and fifteen cents. So, you know what I mean? When you leave New York, it's like traveling back in time. I know, it's great. Wherever you go. Everything's so inexpensive. Yeah, yeah, you know? everything. It doesn't matter. And it, it, it's true, but, you know, it, it's been good. You know, it's, it's been difficult, you know. Um, running, you know, like, we don't make money really on the food trailer because, you know, we pay, you know, we... You have to, but we also want to. Uh, you know, we pay our, you know, the starting, you know, food guys. He's getting, you know, thirteen, fourteen dollars an hour, plus probably like five or six bucks in tips from the bartender an hour. So he's making twenty bucks an hour to work in a you know, food truck. It's, it's not a, it's not a fun environment. It's a hundred degrees in there. You know what I mean? It's, sure. it's super hot, and and we don't make money on it. And we and we just do it to have fun and keep people around, and you know, have a reason to go there at noon. You know. Because it's, you know, the bars are changing. You know, and if you gotta, the hardest thing to do is stay relevant. So it's like, you know, we open up at noon now because we live in a place that 
people don't go to offices anymore. Like you walk in at Nickel City at 1230, people are having a burger and everybody's laptop is up and they're working. Like they're at work. <laughs> you know what I mean? So Sure, you got enough clientele that work quote unquote from home. Yeah. But their their home is your place or Yeah, exactly. Like why not, you know, exactly go use our Wi Fi and drink a cold course, you know, have a burger. Yeah, capitalize on that market that's available, right? Yeah. It makes total sense to me. Um, like what what made you decide, I guess the question is, what made you decide to go, I'm gonna I'm gonna get out from behind the bar and get to the ownership side? I mean I mean we had a little bit of conversation about it actually I, you know, after twenty three years of being on your feet, yeah. ten hours a day, sixty hours a week, I mean I was I was closing down Nickel City's like my third night in a row. And I literally had a conversation with my bar manager Ty was like, I'm done. I'm done closing. Like I'll do some shifts here and there. I can't do it anymore. Like my I like hurts to walk. You know what I mean? And 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 operating on on such a high level, you know, I hate to say phys- it's a physical work, but physically and mentally, you know what I mean, to be always on. You know what I mean? To be always on come in, you can't have a bad day being a bartender. To be a really great bartender, you can't treat you know, somebody you know, I, I've I've said this analogy before. You know, sensitive bartenders I've trained, you go, you don't know that person that walked through that door, read about Nickel City and Esquire magazine or something like that, doesn't make a lot of money, is a line cook somewhere, you know, an hour away, Georgetown, Texas, him and his girlfriend literally scraped and scraped, uh, that's not going to work, saved, saved, you know, 50 bucks to come to, to come to your bar, Nickel City or your bar, you know. And uh, they read about it. They read they read Southern Teague's book. You know, they coming in there, and you had a bad day, so they have a shitty experience. That's terrible. Like yeah. that that that's what weighs on me every day. Is that everybody that comes in, you no know, matter if you're a billionaire, millionaire, thousandaire, hundredaire, you know what I mean? Like you get the the same experience. So you know you don't know who's walking through that door. You know you don't know who's on that first date or who's. You know, like I said, literally like busting their ass to save money to go spend it and give it to you. So, you know what I mean? Like that's, you know, that's that's the biggest thing. And and, and I, I wasn't I wasn't at my top of the game anymore. After 23 years, I was good. I mean, I would get I was getting buried on Friday, Saturday nights. You know, I could, I, I could keep up for sure, but it also cost me at the end of the night. You know, I, my girlfriends, I get home at 5:30, 6 in the morning. I'm up at 9 a.m. no matter now because now I'm an owner. I have to answer calls at 9 or 10 a.m. And get on conference calls and talk, you know, and, and and build the business. It just wasn't healthy anymore, and I just needed to stop. You know, I still try to work like four shifts, four shifts a month, so I can still see stuff. Mainly day shifts. I did a I did a four shifts a month. Yeah. Fuck you. I know. <laughs> I love it. Well, I mean, I want to do Mondays anymore. I'm gonna fly in too. <laughs> but you know, I, I do enjoy it, and you know, um, we obviously the way industry is now, we're granted the opportunity to do you know Nickel City pop ups and guest appearances, and that's fun. You know, that's amazing. I really get to do that. It's that two hour rock star bartending where I can give it all for two hours, and after that, it's done. But you know, being on, like I, I, I just really feel that everybody needs the best foot forward, and it's you know, I, I tell my bartenders all the time, like if you have a shitty day. Get on the Slack. Get it, call somebody. Text somebody. Get it covered. We we don't need you know somebody that's had a shitty day behind the bar. And I I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. However, the realities are you can't always just take a day off. That's true. The money, right? So yeah. how do you train for that? How do you think you instill in your own team that that that's the notion? Like that 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 couple you just described. They're coming. They're coming yeah. every day. Right? It's a different couple, but it's the same scenario. How do you instill in your team like? You have to set some stuff aside sometimes. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, hopefully they're paying attention to me. I mean, I, I think there's some that are paying attention to me. There's some that aren't. You know what I mean? You, you, you can't. You can you can put them under your wing, uh, for, per se, and hope they listen to me. But I like to say, you know, I, I I start out. We have a monthly meeting. I'll start out. You know, basically it isn't it isn't a bitch fest or what's wrong this that because we have that constantly ongoing. You know what I mean? We'll, we'll figure out stuff that's broken. We'll fix it. It's about you know, hey, how do we make this place hum? How do we get it better? How am I making your guys' lives better? You know what I mean? Like I we we have a pretty much a strict policy four shifts max a week you know what i mean mm-hmm. i want those three days off you know uh our, our bar managers amanda cardo and Taiyi, i tell them you know do not let the distributors or 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 the salespeople rule your lives you know have a two-hour window for meetings and that's it yeah. you know that's it that's done you know after that you know stretch out your admin days you know i i tell them all the time like i've made a lot of money in this business and i probably spent way more like i probably should have been retired probably 10 years ago yeah. uh you know, don't, you know, uh, I, I call it that swing, man. It's that swing. So, you know, if you're not working that night, you're going to go out and spend 200 bucks because you got that mentality. You can go in the next day and make 250 300 whatever. But in the reality, not working that night or taking that night off, you end up losing $600 because you didn't make 300 and you spent 300 yeah. So it's $600. So, you know what I mean? Like... I mean, it's dreadful, but that's how I think about every vacation. Yeah, no, every it vacation is. costs the bartender twice as much as any other buddy. Yeah, I, I'm not, they're not getting paid for the days they're not there. I know. I could have picked up like four ships this week at Nickel City. It's, it's 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 light over there, you know. But now here I am on vacation. Uh, yeah, no, I mean it's 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 a tough life, you know. I mean it's 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 not for everybody, but you know, hopefully, you know, I learned a lot looking at some of the better bar owners, and and there's a there's a path now for you know. Um, I think Bobby Hugel kind of did the best where, you know, he found somebody like some 213 Hospitality out in L.A. They do a lot, a lot of the same work is where they find somebody that they like. And they're, you know, you know, Bobby realizes he can't run nine bars or eight bars. So why doesn't he find somebody he likes? And like, let's build that dream up together. I, I really would love all my bartenders I work with right now, especially right now, I have the best staff of all time that we've ever had, you know, give me two years of your life, you know, busting ass, running this bar and, and making us all money. And then let's maybe look at, let me maybe invest in your bar. Like let's, let's, let's use our back of the house systems, you know, our, our, you know, our real estate guy or our, you know, our, GC and all that stuff that you know a lot of bartenders don't have access to. That was you know for years I didn't know how to open up a bar until I got with my partners and I still know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but now it's not like hey I got a plumbing guy, I got a AC guy. You know we got all this access. You know back house we got you know accountants and stuff like that. We got systems in place. So if I can take you know one of my bartenders, what 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 do you want? What's your kind of bar? Okay, cool. Let's give it to you know our branding guys. Let's flesh this out. Let's tweak some things and, and let's make it ours and. Here's the money. You know, you got sweat equity, but you got 20% ownership. You know what I mean? Bust your ass and, and let's all make money together. I think that's that's a good way, you know, if that or, you know, like I said, man, if, if, if at this point in time I didn't own my own bar with the next four or five years, I'd go right back to hotel bartending or an, or an old Irish bar. <laughs> that's that, Those are the two bars that old bartenders go to die. It's hotel right. bars and old Irish bars. Yeah. And they still make great money. Still make great money and still get to do the thing and chat with people all day. I, you know, that's my favorite part of the job, honestly, yeah. is getting to talk to people and engage, you know. Uh, I spent so much time in the back of the house that, you know, when I got to the front of the house, it was a whole new world for me, you know, to, get to, to be part of the experience that, that changed my yeah. whole life, you know. Um, Talk to me about some accolades. Uh, you up for? Are you are you up for a award this year? Yeah, we got a couple. The the team did. Yeah, we we're up for um, uh, best American high volume cocktail bar. See, uh, I think I should be in that ring. 
What's that? I think I should be in that ring. We, you got, I mean, well, you're high volume, you're small, right? It's like, it comes down to Yeah, it's competitive. You guys, aren't it you guys up no for? Sense. It makes no sense. What you, you guys got? You guys up for the best American cocktail bar, right? Best American cocktail bar, world's best spirit sales. I get it, but like, the one that I always thought we would be competitive in is high volume, but then the rules are you have to have 100 seats or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's. And I'm like, Pound for pound, I'm, I'm no. There is not. I said that last night. There's not a bar pound for pound that puts out more booze than Little More Margo. We punch above weight so hard. A hundred percent. But anyway, okay. Let's that is Nickel City. But no, 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 but that. But honestly, like that is that. That's the one. I mean, that you know that you guys are up for. I mean, that's like that's what it originally was like cocktail bar. Like that's PDT. That's you know what I mean. Like you know you know. I mean, being up for the high vibe was believe me. That's amazing. Like I, I. We were, we were. I mean, it's a testament to your fucking team. Yeah, it really so you're is. Cranking out, you're not just cranking out. You're cranking out quality. Yeah, cranking out quality, cranking out fast. Anybody can crank it. Yeah, out. And we're up for best American bar team, which is amazing. Like that's that's like the that's like the homie award. You know what I mean? Which Hell is yeah. which is really cool. Um, you know, the hardest thing to do is stay relevant. And you know, last year we were. We, I was kind of actually. I was a little little hurt last year because we we did top ten for best new American cocktail bar and we didn't get it. We didn't get final four, which is great. I mean, we didn't. I didn't expect it, but it was like. You know, when I when I opened Nickel City, I was just like, you know, I just want to open up a neighborhood bar. I don't care about awards. And then we, <laughs> and then you get a little taste of like Esquire's best bars. And then you know, Garden and Gun. That's a real magazine. Yes, it is. Yes, it's, it's amazing. A very important magazine. I, very very important Could, magazine to the. They have a lot of sixty. Subscribers. Yeah, like the fifty plus. You know, two hundred fifty thousand a year plus. I, I know. I know my. It's, it's folks who have money and who like to travel. I know my Garden and Gun people when they come into Nickel City because I watch. And park their Mercedes 7 Series yeah. the cross thing, walk over, and then when they walk in, they're like, This is it? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, Yep, this is it. Garden and gun, baby. Um, but yeah, no, you know, and, and it comes down to this, you know, and, and you know more, more than anything, you know, honestly, it, it's had to say, but awards equal money. You know, honestly, exactly. it's, I mean, it comes down to the, to, to the, to the bottom line and and if we want to grow as a company we want to open more bars it just makes it easier if you have those awards you know what i mean to find investors to be able to negotiate a better lease to you know be hey this is who we are yeah i will tell you just the same as you said all day long that i don't really care about the award yeah i do care about the money that it drives I, basically my what i think is like it's great for morale for my team yeah but my team's fucking four people fuck them <laughs> um including me just yeah. three people no not fuck them it's good morale for the team yeah but it's also it's it's me looking at the team and going everything we've done together uh is getting you a raise yeah there will be more people here 100%. they will be willing to spend more money world's best spirits list even if we yeah. don't fucking win we're in the top four in the world yeah we did it's incredible that's it's, it's a insane. closet I that's put the bar in the closet yeah no it <laughs> you yeah it was a it was a and it's a very great closet sir very good very awesome but you know yeah it's it's huge i mean you know the, the amount of money that it could bring we, we did we did uh we kind of did an analysis of year over year sales of pre uh esquire's best bars in america list mm -hmm. and post and like we're up i want to say 35 to 40 percent in sales which is insane and you know so some of that is obviously esquire influence yeah but some of that of course is your just natural growth and you're growing yeah for sure brand. for sure but getting people i mean like now like but, you know but that didn't hurt <laughs> yeah and it didn't yeah i mean like i said you know now with the information age when you're a young couple or a vacation couple like best restaurants in new york city 
best bars in Austin, Texas. And if that Google, you know, pops up, like it, we pop up every time and, and people are going to come Oh, great. I'll go to Franklin. I'll go over here and check this out and see what this is all about. And, you know, if, if it means an extra 20 bucks a day, which means way more than that, um, you know, yeah, it gives, you know, it gives my bartenders more exposure, more money. And we're all spoiled. I mean, I, you know, when I was bartending at TGI Fridays in 1999, did I ever think a brand would come up to me and be like, hey, do you want to do like a pop-up in London Cocktail Week? No, like that's unfathomable to, to right. you know, 21-year-old Travis. You know, yeah. I, I was just happy enough to make, make money. And, you know, that's my big thing now is like all my bartenders, you know, I had to kind of, you guys are very, very lucky. I go, everybody on my staff has been flown somewhere. Uh, whether it's me flying them out for something or you know a brand flying them out or touring something or hey we wanted you guys in Nashville for two days like for a whiskey that we don't even carry like, I'm like I don't get it um, but you know yeah you're being wooed yeah being wooed yeah I mean like because of your reputation for sure because of the hard work yeah you know the, the phrase I use all the time with the team is like the harder I work the luckier I get yeah it really is. That's it's it's hard. I mean, you know, that's I, I, I always like to say I, I can out hustle most of the people still these days, and and it's what comes out to is hustle, and and just don't be a dick. You know, be nice, high fives and handshakes. Be cool to people. Answer those text messages. Don't rake the awesome brand ambassadors and and the brands that are spending money at your bars. Like, don't take advantage of that. I mean, that's my biggest pet peeve right now when I hear these horror stories of like. Somebody literally goes to a brand like, oh yeah, we'll put you on the menu for two thousand dollars. Like what? Like what? Where do you get off? I mean, you know what I mean? Like there's there's a lot of that pay to play out there, and you know, uh, you know, I just we had a competition, you know, with a rum brand, and, and they gave me a budget, and I was like, I don't feel comfortable taking that much money from you guys. Like uh, here, let's do half because that's fair, and then come on back and do another event like down the road. Like yeah, you know what I mean? Like don't get me wrong, I'm running a business too. I'm never gonna not gonna, I'm not gonna turn down money. But you know, I don't want to take a lot of these people. A lot of the brand people are our friends. You yeah, know what I mean? We, you know, Eric Job, he worked in your bar. You know what I mean? And they're just trying to do a good job too. Yeah, exactly. And it's just or like, another business. Like, yeah, it's all business. It's all business. Like if if we all stopped making money tomorrow, the bar business would go away. You know, and we'd all switch over to weed, which we're probably all on our way to switch over to weed. Exactly. Anyway. Um, Nickel City. Uh, where's the name come from? Uh, it's my hometown, Buffalo, New York. Uh, that's our nickname. Uh, actually, weird like. It was actually a. Uh, it was called the Nickel City Cafe. Um, it was a shitty, twenty-four hour diner, right in between the downtown Buffalo that all like four or five of our bartender buddies would all go to at the end of the night and like six in the morning, five in the morning, and we have flasks full of whiskey and just order eggs and and the waitress we always tipped her you know thirty forty bucks a night so she just let us her drink and I always just loved the name and it was just. You know, it's it's hard, so hard to do original stuff these days, and you know what I mean. Like, what am I gonna name it? You know, the last word. I think there's like ten of them out there. Or, you know, or pick a pick a cocktail. You know, uh, you know. Finally, we're over the ampersand. I'm, I'm, are think, we? I, I don't know. Are we? I don't know. Uh, you know, but you you know, it's it it's just trying to stay true to my roots. You know, that's it. I mean, I started bartending in Buffalo at this you know crappy bar called Classic Rocks. R O X X. So <laughs> that's classic. The name itself, the name itself is a lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not even just classically spelled classic rock. Yeah, it's, yeah. So, uh, man, I gotta, I gotta bring back that, uh, that name. I want to do that for a cocktail or something. But yeah, man, it's, you know, if you're not doing something with some soul, you know, what I mean, what are you doing it for? You know, like it's got to have heart, and and I think that's what's really helped Nickel City. It has heart. It screams. 
it screams 18 year old Travis and you know you know 90 year old my grandpa which is great and, yeah. and, and we've been very very fortunate uh, we do a lot of programming it is you, as you know it's a full time job just getting these events going and just getting the fucking doors open just get the doors open the hardest thing to do like, I tell my bartenders the hardest thing to do is get somebody to walk through those doors I will get everybody to walk through those doors every day it's my bartender shop to make them happy and get them to come back and they're doing a great job of it right now so it's amazing that's why we're that's why we're thriving if you want them to and if uh, well that's it if you want them to how can someone get a hold of you uh, me personally yeah. uh, uh, the easiest is probably Instagram uh, at I think we've all shifted at that, right? the Tober uh, the Tober T-O-B-E-R <laughs> at the Tober um, and you know just you know honestly like the Facebook or you know you know it, if you if you deep dive into the the the, the Google of uh, of 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 Nickel City, the phone number listed for the bar is actually my phone number. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted the seven one six area code like that, and there, so I just kept it like that. But um, yeah, no, uh, easiest best is always Instagram um, and you know social media. Smoke signals work too these don't, days. Don't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, I'd rather a smoke signal or a carrier pigeon than email. Yeah, I, email is definitely. You want me? Instagram is probably the way to get me. Yeah, honestly, yeah, just hit me up or just tag Nickel City and something. I'll make sure it's somebody not talking shit about us <laughs> trying to try to bring down the bar come visit me at the bar right? yeah absolutely come visit you know we, we do fun things we got a the repeat of uh, Sip and Santa coming up which is always fun Tiki yeah. Tiki Christmas we're really gearing it up this year uh, we're really investing in that and making sure it's a total you know really crazy immersive experience um we just like having fun, yeah. Swing up at a bar. Uh, I'll be at Tails all week. Uh, we're going to be doing a Nickel City pop-up Friday night, uh, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. at, uh, at uh, Rusty Nets. That's your two-hour fucking... Yeah. No, that's my two-hour shift right there. And I'll, I might do 30 minutes straight. Like, the whole staff will be there, so I'll, I'll, I might do 30 minutes. Uh, I'll be drinking a high life on the other side of the bar. But, uh, yeah, 11 to 1, uh, we'll be at Rusty now um, uh, at Tails this year. And then... Um, you know, we got uh, some awesome. Uh, you know, I still work with Aviation Gin. We got a cool uh, pool party, a fry festival. We're calling it. Uh, it's like fire festival, but with <laughs> six different French fries. Pool party. Uh, that's going to be a Saturday uh, afternoon. Um, uh, t- or time and date, or time and place to be determined. I know, but they haven't given me the flyer yet. And then, uh, um, yeah, man, just every single damn cocktail week that we have out now I'm trying to do a nickel city pop-up we need to do a, like uh like you know how they do that in, in europe like uh nickel city x Mario mago let's do it let's do it i think that'd be great let's find let's find somewhere to do it let's tag team san antonio cocktail conference we're coming for you okay i'm gonna make it happen All i'm right. gonna make it happen we'll find this cool little bar and there we go let's we'll do reverse okay so this is gonna be it we're gonna throw it out right now All right you guys can only do shaken cocktails and nickel city can only do stirred cocktails no juice all right (laughs) let's do it all right i'm gonna find a place excellent travis man what a great time having you on the show thank you so much for taking some time out and talking to me um and i look forward to all your successes and i can't wait to visit nickel city original and hopefully i'll get to visit uh, dallas fort worth as well the southern teague texas tour is coming 2020 it's happening it's gonna happen thanks brother Thank you. Cheers. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The groove in them rhythm and blues that It's gonna get you in the air. The Speakeasy is powered by Simplecast. 
Thanks for listening to the Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com forward slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows that you like. Tell your friends. And please, join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. <laughs>